Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of The Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, President of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex. And my friend, it's certainly good to be on the air again today with the wonderful message of the wonderful grace of God. And it's a joy to have you with us as we uh, turn back to the pages of God's Word. We meet together each week at this time, and I trust that you're making a, a habit to be with us. If uh, if you haven't heard us, have you been on the you know studied with us before? Mark your time. Mark, mark the calendar. This day of the week, mark the day of the hour, this hour of the week, this hour of the day, and the place on the radio dial. So if you can get the place on the radio dial, the hour of the day and the day of the week, you got it. And you can meet with us week after week right here and and study God's Word together. This is a Bible study program. Our purpose is to look into the pages of God's Word and allow the Spirit of God to speak to us through His Word. And we're going to go back today to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, where we were studying last week, and continue our series of, uh, of studies looking at these uh, six different places in Paul's epistles where he talks about, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant um, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the wilderness, and did all eat of the same spiritual meat, and did all drink of the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Though Israel had a good start, they got they got going well, and, and when God God formed that nation and brought them out of Egypt and created them and set them apart as his special people in the earth. The issue of sanctifying them under himself, setting apart unto himself for the purpose for which he had created them. They, they, got, they got started uh, right on the ball, but uh, they, they were not well-pleasing to God, some of them. Uh, they, had a, they had a sad end. Uh, and, and their example, verse 6, Paul says, now these were our these things were our examples uh, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. Verse 11, he says, Now these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition. Uh, there's an example in the history of Israel that Paul wants us to see, and the issue is being well-pleasing to God. And by the way, this is, this is the way to use the Old Testament Scripture. 
You know, when we rightly divide the word and we recognize that our doctrine today about, about who we are and what God's doing in the dispensation of grace as he forms the body of Christ, that's found in Paul's epistles. But that doesn't mean we throw out the rest of the word, word of God. No, you keep all the Bible. Uh, th- these things are written for our learning, uh, not for our obedience, because it's a different program. But but there's much for us to learn from Israel's program and from Israel's example here about failure to appreciate uh, the identity that God had given them in his program, and thus they became castaways. By the way, if you, you were to come and fellowship with us in our assembly, uh, where I'm the pastor and I teach uh, each week, you'd find that, that we study all the Bible. Uh, we don't stay just in Paul's epistles. We study all the Word of God. Because when Paul wrote his epistles, he assumed that you already had all the Bible. And there's much to know about the character of God and the program of God and the plan of God that you learn from the rest of the Word of God. And, and there's a special example Paul is pointing here to about the nation Israel and about the issue of making shipwreck of the faith and being a castaway. Chapter 9, verse 27, he says, I I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, uh, when I had preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Moreover, brethren, in light of being a castaway, I would not that you should be ignorant. And then he talks about Israel starting well and then having a sad thing happen to them because they they, they, they became not well-pleasing to God. I said to you last time, that word castaway there, now, that's like spiritually living on Gilligan's Island. Uh, we all know who Gilligan was and the seven stranded castaways with the shipwreck of the SS Minnow. Well, there are people that make shipwreck of the faith, First Timothy 1.18 says, and they become castaways. Well, they're still alive, just like Gilligan and the castaways there. But they're stranded. They're out, out of commission. They're, they're useless in the purpose and plan of God. Second Timothy 2.15, Paul says, Study. To show thyself approved unto God. Why do we study the word of God rightly divided? In order to gain God's approval. So we can be workmen that need not to be ashamed. Need not to be like these uh, these Corinthians turned out to be here. Where God was not well pleased with them. That word when he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. The word that is translated approved unto God there, in its negative form, unapproved, is translated castaway. That's that word castaway back here. You see, it's absolutely critical for you and for me to study God's Word dispensationally, to rightly divide it, to approach God's Word the way God says to approach it so we can get the profit out of God's Word He's put in it for us. And if you don't study the Bible dispensationally, you're going to fail to appreciate. You're going to be ignorant of God's plan and purpose for you and me as members of the church, the body of Christ. And if you do that, then you'll never be able to have the gratitude necessary to, to, to be able to motivate you to faithfulness and to being approved. The, what happened to Israel here is they were ignorant. They did not have an appreciation for the sanctified position God had given them as that set-apart nation that special group of people who he had set apart for his own purpose and plan. They had a good beginning. They were all baptized unto Moses as a sanctification took place, an identification that produced a sanctification among for the nation Israel to be his chosen people in the earth, his special nation. They didn't get it. He gave them the spiritual meat, the spiritual drink, 
And that rock that produced that, provided that for him, followed him all through the wilderness. Well, it's just spiritual meat and drink. You know, the, the, the manna was just was manna. It was just bread. And, and uh, it was angel's food. But when you read it, in it back over there, it's made. It's like coriander seed. It was they, they, they made meal out of it, and they made recipes, and it was just bread. The water was just water out of the earth for them to drink. The spiritual side of it is, 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 that, is, is the idea that it was provided supernaturally by God. In order to teach a spiritual lesson, God was demonstrating to Israel who he was, who would provide for them. He said, I brought you unto my, I bore you on eagle's wings. I brought you unto myself. I'm your provider. I'm your sustainer. I'm the one that will satisfy every need you have. That's who Jehovah is. I'm your great provider. But they didn't get the lesson. That rock that followed them, he says, was Christ. Now, when it says it followed him, it doesn't mean it rolled, you know, rolled along in like a tumbleweed behind him. It's not that kind of thing. And the rock isn't I mean, Jesus Christ is not some rock sitting on the ground over there. The rock represents Christ. It is Christ. It represents Him. In the parable Christ says He says the the field is the world. The reapers are angels. The enemy is the devil. It represents these things. Uh, everybody knows it's not literal. And the, and the rock that, you see, Paul understood that Jehovah God, who was providing that personal presence and provision all along, never left to Israel, always with them, that was really Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of the New Testament that Paul talks about is the Jehovah God of the Old Testament. That's a great understanding in this passage of the deity of Christ. We'll see it again down here in a minute when he says that they tempted Christ. Well, they were tempting Jehovah. Paul thinks that Jesus Christ is Jehovah. Now, that's a real kick in the seat of the pants if you wanted to be a, Je a witness for Jehovah, wouldn't it? You'd have to be a witness for Jesus Christ as Paul preached him. Well, the point here is that they had this great beginning, and yet they were not well-pleasing to God. Why? Because they lusted after evil things. They didn't, they were ignorant of, of who they really were in, in, in God's plan and purpose. And the result of that is, they, because they didn't have an appreciation of their identity in God's plan and purpose, then they became ungrateful for it, and they began to attach themselves to, to, uh, to other things, and literally go back, be seduced to go back into the idolatry, and the, 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 the course of this world that he literally had rescued them out of when he brought them out of, the, out of the land of Egypt. And Paul says, you know what happened to Israel? is a parallel of what's going on with us today. You and I as members of the body of Christ, we've got a good beginning. Just like Israel, we've all, by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body and have been all made to drink into that, 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 uh, uh, that, that, that one spirit. You and I, when you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, God takes you and puts you into Jesus Christ. We're baptized. Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into His death. We're baptized into His death, and, and we're buried with Him by baptism and death. That, like as Jesus Christ was raised up by the glory of the Father, even so we should be we should be raised up to walk in newness of life. We've got a new identity in Christ. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're made complete in Christ. When you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, there wasn't anything he left out of your salvation. He gave you everything he had 
for you for time and eternity. And then he sets you apart in his Son as his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. We became a part of the plan and purpose of God in the church, the body of Christ. And yet, just as with Israel, you and I can become castaways. We can become, we can be set on the shelf, be displeasing to God, not be approved of God, not be utilized by God to accomplish His plan and purpose. And the same things that overcame Israel can overcome us. Um, Israel is an example that's, that Paul uses because these issues that, that seduced Israel were seducing the Corinthians, and they could seduce you and me today. Notice what they are. They're, Paul points to five specific issues that, were, that seduced Israel, and he selects these five because they were the things that were seducing the Corinthians. And there's things that will seduce you and me today unless we are not ignorant of the issue of being approved unto God through the Word of God rightly divided. Verse 6. Now these things, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6. Now now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now that issue of not lusting after evil things as they also lusted, that's Numbers chapter number 11. And there's, there's a fascinating thing back here in Numbers 11 about how it is that they wound up lusting after evil things. Um, Numbers chapter 11, verse number 4, the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. Now, you talk about needing some Pepto-Bismol and some Alka-Seltzer and not wanting to be around anybody for a while after they've eaten that kind of mess. Melons and leeks and onions and garlic and fish. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a belly burn, you're going to get it from that. But this, we remember all of that, and now our soul is dried up. You see, this is a heart problem, our soul. There's nothing at all before, uh, beside this manna before our eyes. And he goes on to describe the manna. Well, they had a heart problem. They fell a-lusting. How did it happen? Verse 5 in Numbers 11 says, we remember. They're thinking about Egypt. Now, they didn't have any memories of Canaan because they hadn't been there. They had no reality in their experience about the promised land. They only had the word of God that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But they've never been there. But they'd been to Egypt. And they got their minds off of God's word about where they were going and who they were and what he was going to do with them, and they began to put their minds back on the old life. And they were enslaved to the memories of what God had redeemed them from. Their whole thought life was dominated by the defeated enemies that God had buried back in the Red Sea. They're thinking about Egypt. You see, sin is conceived in your thought life. You have a thought. You have an imagination. A suggestion comes along. 
then 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 when you, when you got the suggestion going, the desire is created, and then the desire becomes an intent. I decide to do it. That's where sin begins. And the, the desire becomes an intent. I decide to do it. And when I've made the decision to do it, you know, Jesus says, if you look upon a woman to lust after her in your heart, you've committed adultery with her already. Before the action, it's the intent of the heart. Then the action comes. And once you've committed the act, you have a memory of it. And that memory hangs like a picture on the wall of the imagination of the picture gallery of your mind. That's what the memory is. And as your thoughts wander sometime through the picture gallery uh, of, of your memory, you see that memory of that event and that thing, and it becomes a suggestion. And the suggestion becomes a desire, and the desire becomes an intent, and the intent becomes the act. And now you've got another memory. Now you've got two memories. And so that, 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 that sin has a double force in your life. And your mind becomes polluted. You see, every time you sin, you make it easier to sin again. And what they did is they got their mind off of who God had created them to be as a nation. They were ignorant. They didn't appreciate God's purpose in forming that nation. And so it didn't fill their mind. They, and they, they went by their experiences, what they could feel, what they could remember about their experiences rather than God's Word. You remember what Paul said? He said, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Don't let reality for you be what you see. Let reality be who God says He's made you in Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. You see, we're to focus on who we are in Christ or we're going to be enticed back to the old life and the old things and the old ways. Then he says in verse, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7, Neither be ye idolaters. Verse 8, Neither let us commit fornication. Now when your heart departs from the Lord, idolatry, it's not surprising that, that the flesh is going to be unrestrained fornication. But there's more than that here because these two things, idolatry and fornication, in the examples that he uses in Exodus 32 and Numbers 25, are really religious issues. Like Revelation 2 about Balaam and, and, and Jezebel teaching my servants to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed to idols. The idolatry in Exodus 32, they, they, they made the golden calves and then they made a feast to the Lord and they're going to worship the Lord Jehovah and the golden calf. They had a form of godliness. It looked good, but the power wasn't there. They had a nice religious system. The fornication with Balaam, Numbers 25. Israel was seduced into the idolatry of Baal worship by the promise of physical ecstasy and delight in fornication. You see, they took God out of the picture by setting up a form of godliness. They were tempted with a form of super-spirituality that satisfied their flesh. Now, the Corinthians, and you and me today, you and I today, we face the same thing. Spiritual fornication with the religious system is 
rampant on every hand. People think they're super spiritual today. While really they're fascinated with Israel's program. Israel's miraculous demonstrations, the bodily healings, the temporal riches, the miraculous demonstrations, maybe it's tongue-talking or prophesying or casting out demons. And you get all, you, you see believers all, all over the place, maybe you today, pining for physical wonders of a bygone dispensation, trying to get God to do what he did for Israel while ignoring the all-spiritual blessings that we have in heavenly places today. Then he says they, they tempted Christ, and they murmured. They were testing, tempting. And the illustration there in Numbers 21, they were testing. They were just seeing how far they could go in, in voicing their ingratitude to God. They weren't restrained by the Word of God. They weren't restrained by their identity as the people of God. They were ignorant of, of who they really were in God's plan and program, therefore they were ungrateful. And they just kept pushing the issue, murmuring, complaining. On at least 14 different occasions, you see them murmuring and griping and complaining about what God was doing to the point where they began to attack Moses and reject Moses' authority and resist Moses. Isaiah 29, verse 24 says, They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. You know what you need to do when you're, when you're trying to just see how far away from God's program you can be? You're murmuring and complaining. You need to learn some doctrine. But they, they rejected the source of their doctrine, Moses. Cordathan and Abiram, number 16, they came and said, Moses, you think you're too big shot. You think you're the only one God speaks through. Why? We're all good as you are. And you know what? The earth opened up and destroyed them. The Corinthians, you and me today, people have got to the place where they, they revile and reject God's spokesman for us today, the Apostle Paul. Paul told the Corinthians, you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me. You don't believe that he speaks through me. You see, just as Israel was rejecting God's word to them through Moses, if you reject God's word to you through the Apostle Paul, tempting Christ, murmuring, you wind up right where these Corinthians were, ignorant of who you are and the purpose and plan of God, and thus ungrateful because of the ignorance, and you wind up being unpleasing to God. You wind up being a castaway. You wind up being not approved. Now the results in verse 11, now all these things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Therefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Who will, with, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, those results of being a castaway, a shipwreck of the faith, where your Christian life and your service is just a waste of time, it's of no real value, it's not approved unto God. The answer to that is to understand that you don't stand on your own. You have to stand in the identity God gives you in Christ. 
and that when the when the the temptation, the testing, the the the, the, the things of life come along. Stand in the ability and the identity God's given you in Christ. God won't allow you to be suffered above, tempted above that which you're able, because he's made you able in Christ. You just stand fast in the identity that God has given you in Christ. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the exact opposite of what's in 1 Corinthians 10 and the example of Israel and of the Corinthians. And it's exactly what Paul's trying to get across to you and me. Brethren, we've been called to liberty, to freedom in Christ, to this new life in Christ Jesus under this new system of, uh, of grace. And he says, live in, in total dependence on what God's doing. Don't use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh. Use it the way the flesh or the, the Satan's program wants you to use it. Use it the way God wants you to use it, by love, serving one another. Have it be Christ living in you, the hope of glory. Live in total dependence on who God has made you in Christ, or keep your eyes on Him, on that identity. Understand it. Get in the Word of God rightly divided. Be approved of God. Or, my friend, you're going to be seduced by the adversary into being not well-pleasing to God. Could I give you a tape that you need to hear in this regard? It's entitled, Living in an Ungodly World. Godliness means godlikeness, the way God lives. In order to live the way God lives, you need to know the identity that God has given you in Christ Jesus, who God's made you in His Son. My friend, if you want to be well-pleasing to God, if you don't want to simply have a form of godliness, but you want to have the power of godliness working, operating in your life, this is some doctrine you need to hear. Living godly in an ungodly world. To receive your free copy, simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you could write me here at the, at, at the Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's the Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. My friend, we also want you to know about Grace School of the Bible because we have a, we have a rather uniquely designed three-year Bible Institute program available on an extension basis. Our school is, is unique in, in several ways. First, we, we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer in our curriculum. Rather, rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies that are uh, used by most Bible institutes and Bible schools and seminaries, we, we followed a clearly designed outline and pattern for edification that's found in Paul's epistles. And what that does is it allows students to grow to maturity uh, the Pauline way and, and to quickly be prepared for the ministry that the Lord has for them. Another, another uniqueness of, of Grace School of the Bible is that it's offered on an extension basis through the use of a video. In other words, we, we send the school to you rather than requiring you to come to us. 
And what that does is allows you to enjoy the regular sound Bible teaching and edification in the comfort and convenience of your own home and to fit it into your own scheduling demands and the, and the ministry that perhaps you already have where you are. If you are or you have ever desired to be a serious student of God's Word, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 888-535-2300. And let me also say thanks to those who are helping us to keep this program on this station. This is uh, genuinely listener-supported radio. And I hope you're encouraged to know that there are folks in your area who love the Word of God rightly divided and who rejoice in the message of grace and the joy of the grace life. My friend, if you don't have a fellowship to attend this week, where the message of grace is taught from the rightly divided word and the grace life is clearly proclaimed, call me, and we'll put you in touch with a group in your area where you can find that fellowship and encouragement. Our number again is 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me at any time at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. And friend, if you're still not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That number again is 888-535-2300. Thanks for joining us today, and until we meet again this same time and place next week, Maranatha. How has Focus on the Family helped you and your family? This Christmas, you can give back to Focus with a donation to provide resources that bring couples closer to each other, children closer to parents, and families closer to God's design. Christmas brings families together. We help keep them together. Your tax-deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact. So please give today. Go online to WTLN.com, search keyword family. That's WTLN.com, keyword family. And thank you. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 